Once again, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful that you are here with us. And uh, I just want to hop straight into this message today. We're starting a brand new series and it's called Winning the War in Your Mind. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. Now, I did not come up with this series. This is not an original uh, Pastor Trevor series, but it's actually based off of a book from a pastor I look up to. His name's Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church up in Oklahoma. Uh, and I was in Oklahoma for five years, actually doing ministry up there. And before I get any farther into that, I wanna shout out a few of my friends that are here this morning. So I have uh, Mr. Keaton Fouts and Hannah Roberts, who they're actually from Oklahoma. And uh, Pastor Kevin is my pastor, and this is his son, and they're joining us today. What, would y'all just give them a round of applause real quick? They're here. And... Uh, I told Hannah, I was like, it's kind of ironic because her dad is, is pretty high up in the Life Church organization. She grew up at Life Church and has probably heard uh, this entire series in its entirety and uh, has heard Pastor Craig her entire life. And I was like, of course, the one time you come down to Texas, I'm preaching a message from Life Church. So there we go. <laughs> I told her I'd spice it up a little bit just for there. So it's not the exact same thing. But, uh, but this book that he wrote, Winning the War in Your Mind, uh, really impacted me. And it, this book was given to me at a time when I really needed it. And I reread it, went back through it again. And I think that some of the concepts that we can learn from here uh, partnered with some of the things I feel like the Lord is teaching me that I'm gonna add to the conversation. Uh, I really believe that God's gonna be able to set some people free over the next four weeks. Amen, you want that? Man, I wanna be free in my mind as well. And you know, it's a new year. We got new possibilities. It's a brand new year. It's 2023. What does that mean for us? Honestly, I kind of remember going back to 2020 and it was the first, you know, beginning of 2020. Our church hadn't even started yet. Our church is only two and a half years old, but we were getting ready to ramp up to our launch that year. And everyone was all like, wow, you know, it's, we got a new decade. It's 2020, you know, like it's a new season. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And then just a few short months later, the entire world turned upside down. And so I think every new year now, I take it a little bit more cautiously, right? You know, like after going into 2020, the way that we did, I was just like, and then we were so hype about it. And then everything was awful for a while. It was just terrible. And so now I go into a new year thinking like, okay, you know, like there's probably gonna be some downs as well as some ups. And uh, just knowing that that's the way that life goes. And yet uh, the, the, the theme of our entire life is that God is always faithful, amen? And so that's what we're gonna look at here is how can we take take control of what we can control uh, and what we can control in our minds and, and partner with the Holy Spirit and let's change something and let's make something happen. So we're gonna have some new growth. We're gonna have some maybe a, a new season we're going into and maybe you have some new goals. We talked about it last week if you joined us online. Talked about not New Year's resolutions but new you resolutions because I don't really like the idea of New Year's resolutions. I would rather just become somebody different, right? Like I, I don't wanna just do something different. I wanna become somebody different. And uh, we're, what, eight days into this now? And uh, how many of you already messed up your New Year's resolutions? Come on, tell me, be honest, be honest. A couple of you here, a couple of you. We've already failed some of them, right? I know I have. I've already messed up a few things. You know, I've been eating pretty well. I've been working out, but I've already messed up a couple times here and there. Uh, and, and, and that's the thing, it's a struggle when you get into a brand new year. And everyone wants to change, Right, like I would love the ability to just change and, and change my life and change the way that I think about things and change my habits and all that stuff. If it was easy though, 
everyone would do it, right? Your mom or your dad has probably said that at some point in your life. If it was easy, everyone would do it. I wanna take control of my life, but I feel like I can't control my mind. I feel like I can't control the way that I think. Maybe you relate to that. Uh, before you ever act, before you ever make an actual action of any kind, there was a thought associated before that. So before you ever act, you usually think, unless you see Girl Scout cookies uh, at your, coming up to your door, and then in that case, you don't think whatsoever, you just act, and that is the correct decision in that moment, okay? I just wanna make sure we're all on the same page there. Totally acceptable in that scenario only, so. But do you ever feel like that there's a war going on in your mind? I know I do. There's a battle, constantly tension in my mind of, of wanting to do good, but maybe not doing the right things or, or feeling stressed out, but then wanting to be at peace. And, and, and I'm 99.5% sure that I am ADHD, okay? Like we've talked about this a couple of times before. If you know me at all, you're like, yeah, no, I, that makes sense, checks out, okay? So um, I haven't been officially diagnosed, but there's two psychologists that do this for a living that I'm friends with. And we had dinner as I was getting to know them. And, and one of them was like, hey, so, you, do, you know you're ADHD, right? And I was like, that's such a random way to like introduce that subject. But like, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty positive about it. She's like, oh, no, 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 not pretty positive. You definitely are, okay? And I was like, all right, well, cool. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. So, uh, but I feel like I constantly have thoughts rattling around in my head. It's just one of the kind of the symptom side effects of that is I just constantly feel like there's something going on. It's hard to focus on one particular thing. That's why I go off on rabbit trails when I preach sometimes. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you're like, all right, get to the point, pastor. Okay. So, um, but it's hard for me to remember what I ate for breakfast sometimes. I'm just being totally honest. And um, maybe some of you will relate to this. You might not have ADHD, but you might be able to relate to this as a battle that goes on your head. How many of you have that one person that sends you funny TikToks, right? Or, or just like a funny, a funny video, whatever it might be. If they're older, they might send you like cat videos on Facebook, all right? But like, I have some people send me some funny TikToks. Uh, in my life, that would be my wife, Lindsay, she is constantly on TikTok and sending me videos from mom talk, all right? I'm not on that side of TikTok, if you know how it works, but uh, she sends me funny things about being a mom and being a parent and everything. Um, and, and she'll send me one during the middle of the workday. You know, I'm trying to get some stuff done. I'm in my office, I'm reading my Bible, being real spiritual, okay? And she sends me this TikTok about this kid doing a little funny thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Like, that's hilarious. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And that one TikTok turns into 150 real quick. You think, well, they're just like 10, 15 second videos, but man, that will add up if you are not careful. Now they extended it. It could be like three, five, like really long TikTok videos now. That stuff will add up if you're not careful. You find yourself, oh, it's time for lunch now. Okay, here we go. Like, let's go and have some lunch. And, and maybe you relate to that. And you're like, why in the world did I do that? Why did I do that? Oh my gosh, like this rolling around in my brain that I should have been focusing and yet here I am and there's this battle in my mind where I wanna focus on what I'm doing and yet it's so difficult sometimes because I get distracted so easily and I had this question, why did I do that? Why? Why did I eat that thing again that I know I'm not supposed to eat? Why did I hit that snooze button again when I need to get up and get stuff done today? Why did I snap at my kids again? Why did I watch that dirty online video again? Why did I do that, man? Why? Why did I go back to alcohol again? Why am I so stuck with these drugs and I can't stop? Or why am I so stuck in fear? Why did I do that again? Why am I stuck 
in this same place again. And I wanna speak to you today, and the title of the message is also the title of the series, it's Winning the War in Your Mind. And I think Paul in the book of Romans gives us something that gives us a little bit of hope when we read this. It's a little hard to understand, uh, but I, I wanna take you through this verse. It's Romans 7, 15, and then we'll skip to verses 18 and 19. It says this, I do not understand what I do. Amen, right? Come on. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, that is a little bit of a tongue twister, okay? Like, it's kind of hard to read, but I think you get the general idea behind it. It's like, I want to do the right thing, and then I don't. And the bad things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Now, what's the comforting piece about this? Is that this is one of the greatest evangelists and missionaries of all time, of all time. And yet he's struggling with this, right? Like he had a, a Damascus Road experience, like Jesus showed up to him in the flesh, basically, like right in front of him, Jesus, right? Bam, goes blind, has this amazing experience where he turns his life around. And then he's writing this and he's basically saying like, hey, listen, even I struggle, even I have trouble with not doing the things that I wanna do and doing the things that I don't want to do. So anytime that you're feeling down on yourself, you're saying, why did I do that? Just know that Paul and all the other disciples all ask themselves the same question, okay? You're not alone in that. But it's a battle between faith and fear. It's a battle between strength and weakness, trusting in God, but trying to still take control of your life and wanting to do the right things, but not doing them. And, and the first point, if you wanna write this down today is if you wanna change your life, change your mind. If you wanna change your life, you have to change your mind. How do we change our minds though? This seems like such a difficult concept. It's not so easy, right, Pastor Trevor? We don't, uh, there's so much going on up in this crazy brain of mine. Like you don't understand. And listen, I get there's so many different things. There's, there's, there's medical and hormone imbalances and all this kinds of stuff that uh, we could really dive deep into, but we're not gonna get into that today. We will. But I simply wanna talk about the general idea of if you wanna change your life, you have to change the way that you think. How do we do that? Romans 12, two, it says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what does it say? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We talked about this a little bit last week online, but I wanna hit this really hard again. How are you transformed? You wanna transform your life. You wanna become a different person. You, you don't wanna just like have New Year's resolutions, but new you resolutions. You wanna be somebody different. How do you transform? It says it right here in the book of Romans. Be transformed by the renewal, somebody say renewal, of your mind. Your mind has to change. The best part about this is that God gives each and every one of us the ability to change our minds. It's, it's possible. You don't have to think the same way that you think right now. You might have some thoughts in your head that you're like, man, I don't like these thoughts. These are not good thoughts. Uh, maybe it's thoughts of self-harm or self-doubt or self-deprecation or, or, or all kinds of thoughts of fear. I don't know what kind of thoughts that you have riding around in your head. You might have lustful thoughts. I don't know. But you don't have to think like that. God gives you the ability to change 
your mind. But the best part, I think anyway, is not that he gives us the ability to do it ourselves, but that he actually will partner with you in the process of transforming and renewing your mind. Somebody say amen, come on. He will help you. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. That's why we have the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Jesus even said, it's better that I go and the Holy Spirit, I will send him and he will do a few things for you. Number one, the Holy Spirit will guide you, right? The Holy Spirit's gonna guide you into truth and into righteousness. So the Holy Spirit is now going to be your, your guide for the way that you think. The Holy Spirit, Jesus also said, he will teach you everything that I have taught you. He was gonna bring to remembrance everything I've taught you. He's gonna teach you. He's gonna guide you. He's gonna help you to learn. He's gonna change the way that you think. What does a teacher do really at the end of the day? They're teaching you a subject, but they're really changing the way that you think. They're helping you to think critically about things. This is what the Holy Spirit does for your brain as well. And also what does the Holy Spirit do? Holy Spirit is our comforter. And I know some of you here in this place today, if you're like me anyway, or maybe you have anxiety or depression and your brain sometimes is just going all kinds of different directions and you just need some comfort. You just need some peace in your brain. You just need it to calm down and not have so much going on up in there. And, and so I really feel like that the Holy Spirit, one of his primary things that he does, the Bible says he's our comforter. And I believe that he's gonna start comforting some of you right here right now. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us, teaches us, comforts us, and God helps us by the power of the Holy Spirit to change our minds and change the way that we think and transform our lives. Listen, you don't have to be captive to your thoughts. You can make the change, but you have to allow God's Spirit to do the work within you. Right, somebody will say the Holy Spirit's a gentleman and, and sometimes I agree with that, sometimes I don't, right? But I really do believe that the Holy Spirit is not going to impose himself upon you, right? Like, like I said, God gives you the ability to change, but he's not just gonna like make you change. Like you have to actually partner with the Spirit of God to make the positive changes in your life. You can't just sit there and be like, all right, Holy Spirit, change the way I think, here we go. You know, like, that's not how it works, right? That's not how it works. We have to consistently do things the way that we need to. And as we consistently do the things that some other people only do occasionally, and as we consistently read our word, as we consistently pray, and as we consistently uh, go to God, we consistently work out, or we consistently, whatever it might be for you, the Holy Spirit's gonna be able to work through the midst of that and help you to change your mind and change your thoughts. But the problem is, is generally we try to do it ourselves, right? We try to do things by ourselves because that's who we are. We like to think that we know better, that we can do it, that we don't need God's help. Maybe you won't say that, but like subconsciously, you might think that. Maybe not even think it, but you just choose not to go to God. That's not the first place that you go when you have a mental health struggle. We try so hard to do it to ourselves. I'm gonna stick to these New Year's resolutions. I'm gonna get this. This is my year. I'm going to do it. And I hope that you do, but most of you won't. Let's just be real. There's 40% of people that make New Year's resolutions and 80% of those people will fail in those New Year's resolutions. It's just how it is. Most of you will not be able to do it if you're doing it by yourself. If you're trying to do these things on your own, it's not gonna happen. See, what you're doing is you're trying to change yourself and transform your life by your own power. You're trying to transform your life uh, on your own instead of by the power of God's spirit, and you're fighting in the same way that the world fights against the problems that you have and expecting God kind of results. 
I want a miracle in my life, but I wanna use my weapons to do it, not God's. How does that make any sense, right? So what does the Bible have to say about this? It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You should not be waging war as the world does, okay? Let's go on. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive. Somebody say, take captive. Wouldn't you love to be able to take captive the thoughts that you don't want in your head and just go, bloop, goodbye. Just kick them right out of your head. And to replace these thoughts with godly thinking, right? If I have some worldly thinking coming into my head or I have some, some thinking that's coming from Satan and it's from his demons, he's trying to talk trash to me, right? He's trying to talk smack to me. And you know when it's happening, right? Maybe it's you or maybe it's Satan, I don't know, but, but it all sounds the same to me. It's not good, we don't want it, okay? I'm talking trash to myself, I'm speaking self-doubt over me. I would love to just be able to be like, you know what, I don't like that. I'm gonna take that thought, goodbye. Throw that thing out and replace it with something else. Uh, one of my uh, football coaches, he, he always used to say, actually, you know, they always call you by your last name. Actually, boy, you better start working smarter and not harder, boy. Like I'd be running so hard and I'm just kind of like going all over the place like crazy, you know? And he's like, what are you doing, son? Work smarter, not harder. Cut here, not there. And I was a wide receiver and he's trying to tell me how to do this and how to make these cuts the right way. And I'm just expending too much energy on my own trying to get to where I need to be and he's saying, you don't need to do it like that. Just work smarter, not harder. And I feel like that's how we do it so many times. We're working so hard to try to change ourselves. But if we were really working smarter, we would simply uh, work with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a prime example of, of uh, how I did not listen to that football coach, okay? So um, <clears throat> we were at, we were working on our, our building and Mr. Scott Lansing is here this morning. Hello, Scott, happy new year. Um, and uh, he's been absolutely incredible helping us get this building finished and we're working on it. Uh, and so we, we had to dig up a bunch of concrete and, and we had to replace some pipes down there so we can get the bathrooms and all the plumbing going. And so we got some, some pickaxes, okay? And we got some pickaxes and, and uh, start going to town with this pickaxe. We're like, ah, this is some really tough stuff, all right? I had never used a pickaxe before. I thought it was great at first. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm using a pickaxe. I am the epitome of manly I've ever been. I was like, take a picture of me, send it to my wife, all right? You know, like this is what, I, this is what she needs to see, okay? So I'm getting after it. And then, um, and then finally it comes to the point where, uh, you know, Scott, he realized pretty quickly, um, hey, these pickaxes aren't gonna cut it. We need a jackhammer, all right? We need something with a little bit more power. We need something that could really dig into this ground and get in there real good. Uh, and so I'm over here using a pickaxe and Scott, you know, he, he brings out this jackhammer and he just starts going to town on this dirt, man. It is breaking up. And you know, in central Texas, it's all just rock underneath the ground. So he's just breaking that stuff up. I'm like, man, this guy is so strong. He's powerful. Like, let me try, let me hop on this thing. I get on there, I have no clue what I'm doing, right? He's trying to give me, you know, instructions and stuff. I start, and I'm like, all right, now send the picture to my wife, okay? Like this, this is the one, okay? To heck with the pickaxe thing. Now the jackhammer, that's what we're talking about, okay? Listen, how many of you are trying to change your lives with a pickaxe when the Holy Spirit is a jackhammer? 
You're just wasting so much energy trying to do this on your own. When the Holy Spirit is a jackhammer and he is right there ready to help, that is the right tool for the job. You're using the weapons of the world and yet the Holy Spirit's over here like, hey, I'm way better of a weapon. The Spirit of God is my weapon. You know, in the armor that we have, uh, the armor of God, what is the only weapon that we have? The sword of the spirits, right? That is our offensive weapon that we have and we need to use it to change our lives and stop working with the world's tools, amen? My goodness, you're out here trying to fight the battles of your mind with a toothpick when the Holy Spirit is a sword. Like quit, just like, what is that doing for you? Absolutely nothing. And yet that's what we do. Why do we do this? Why do I do that? Because we're trying to do it in our own power. With the weapons that God has provided for you, they're available. You just have to use them. And I think we all would agree that there's power in your thought life, right? There's power in the thoughts that you think, the thoughts that you allow in your head and some of the intrusive thoughts that kind of show up in your head. And Proverbs would definitely agree. It says in Proverbs 23, seven, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Wow, that's just straightforward. The way that you think will determine who you become. And I want you to write this down. What you think determines who you become. I wanna read a little bit of a, a story that I've always found very interesting and uh, I thought it fit perfectly for today. So bear with me if you don't mind. James Nesmith was an average golfer. He generally shot in the mid to low 90s, but dreamed of improving. However, his efforts to raise his golf game were interrupted by the war in Vietnam. Major Nesmith was captured and became a prisoner of war where he spent seven years imprisoned in a cage that was four and a half feet long and five feet tall. That's small, guys. During his imprisonment, he saw no one, talked to no one, and had no physical activity. For the first few months, all he did was hope and pray for release, but he soon realized he had to find some way to occupy his thoughts or he would go insane. Nesmet devised a mental program in which he'd play his favorite golf course every day in his mind. He would visualize the experience to the highest level of detail possible. He imagined the clothes he'd be wearing. He thought about the smell of the freshly cut grass and the feel of the warm sun and the gentle breeze on his skin. He'd see every tree, hear the birds singing and the squirrels chattering and envision every slope of the course. He then grasped the club, feeling its rough grip on his fingers. He'd imagine his stance, heft the club's weight in his hands as he started his backswing. And he visualized taking his practice swing, addressing the ball, and hitting his shots. He'd watch the ball's arc as it flew beautifully, coming to a soft landing in the center of the fairway. Come on, somebody. In the real world, he was never in a rush. Golf was his escape, and so he'd take every bit of his time to enjoy the moment. He did the same in that small cage in Vietnam. He thought through every step, would even stop to get water just as if he were actually playing a real round. His imagined golf game took just as long as if he were physically on the course. He hit each shot and played every hole to its conclusion until the ball dropped to the bottom of the cup. He did this every day for seven years. Imagine playing a full round of golf 
in its entirety, golf takes about four hours if you play a, a round of golf. And he imagined it actually walking each step. So it'd be about four, maybe five hours every single day. He did this for seven years. Here's where the story takes an amazing turn. Major Nesmith was finally released and came back home to America. Physically speaking, his condition had deteriorated as much as you would expect after living in a tiny cage for so long. Even so, soon after his return, he decided to go and play golf at his favorite course. Amazingly, who normally shot in the 90s, he shot a 74. He had never swung a golf club in the last seven years and had undergone indescribable physical deprivation. And yet he had cut over 20 shots off of his average of his golf game. How is that possible? What you think determines who you become. The thoughts that you allow into your brain will literally determine who you are as a person. It all starts with your thoughts. Pastor Tim, you can have him come on up. So we're getting ready to close here. Um, Pastor Craig, in, in his book and in his message, had this quote, and I really, really like it. It says, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are moving in the direction of the thoughts that are the strongest that you allow into your head, right? So, so whatever the, the predominant things that you allow yourself to think on a regular basis, that is indefinitely for sure going to be who you become. There is no way around it. But so much of the problems we face in life are then a direct result of the toxic thinking that we do have in our heads, these thoughts that we allow to go on and on and on and on. And I'm not gonna lie, I definitely relate to, to Pastor Craig. He talks about in his book and, and kind of what inspired this book was a season in his life where he didn't like where his thoughts were taking him, right? If we really believe that our thoughts change the trajectory of our lives and we're moving towards our strongest thoughts. Well, he had some thoughts in his brain of, of self-doubt, negative thoughts, thoughts of burning out, thoughts, uh, just difficult thoughts in his head that normally he wouldn't be having. And he was dealing with kind of this anxiety in his life. And he's like, I don't like where these thoughts are gonna take me. I don't like this. And it's not, we're not going down a good path right now. And so he went on this journey to, learn more about thoughts and habits and the way that he thinks and how to take captive the thoughts that are in his head and went to scripture, of course, to see what God had to say about it. And of course, the Bible has a lot to say as we've already seen just a little bit. We've only just scratched the surface about what the Bible has to say about this topic. So I hope you come back over the next few weeks. But he was in this phase of kind of burning out and he went to God and, and got freedom. Wrote this book and and did this series and, and for me, I really relate to him because I was given this book, like I said, in, during one of the most difficult seasons of ministry in my entire life. And I found myself relating to Pastor Craig on many levels. Of course, we're both pastors of churches, him on a much, much larger level. They're the largest church in America with over 35 campuses all over. And I loved the vulnerability though that he had in that moment where he was saying, hey, listen, even I'm struggling, right? Like this is, you know, life is hard for all of us. We all have thoughts of self-doubt, of 
depression, anxiety at some point in our lives and how do we deal with it? How do we navigate it? What does God say about this? And how can I find freedom from these thoughts? And I found myself relating to him and, and I realized I also needed to start changing the way that I think, changing my thought life, not just my ADHD self and like trying to figure out, okay, how do I manage just the day-to-day -day productivity of my life, but also even some of the self-doubts that even I have as a pastor, right? Like whether you're a business owner, whether you're a leader, a teacher, a mom, a dad, we all have self-doubt. We all speak negativity over ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And, and listen, I just would encourage you, I think that maybe today you would say, hey, I need to change my thought life as well. I'm thinking some thoughts that I can't have these anymore or else my life is gonna go in that direction and I don't wanna go that way. Over the last few months, I've heard, seen, and felt so many people in our church are struggling with mental health and anxiety, depression, self-doubt, this hopelessness, worthlessness that I'm hearing from people and I'm just like, man, there's fear. People are burned out from their jobs or their marriage is struggling and, and it seems like it's falling apart. And, and I see a trend in some people's lives and I just felt like the Lord wanted us to go through this thing together. Hey, let's, let's see how we can capture the negative thoughts in our minds and replace them with something different. So I'm gonna give you two steps here on how we can change our minds and change our thought life. The first one is to identify toxic thoughts. And I call this stinking thinking, all right? That is some stinking thinking that you got going on there, okay? What is stinking thinking? It's, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'm ADHD, so I'm just never gonna have a clear head, I guess. Allowing myself to be defined by the labels that the world defines me as, right? Maybe the labels that you define yourself as. I'm never gonna be good with money. I'm always just bad with my money and I spend it the wrong way. Why did I do that? You constantly find yourself asking that question and saying those things. I'm, a, I'm an addict. So I'm always gonna struggle with alcohol, porn, drugs, whatever it might be. I'm always gonna battle with my weight. My past is awful. I don't see how God could use me. That is some stinking thinking. That is a toxic thought. And yet these are real thoughts that you think consciously or subconsciously in your head in one, in one way or the other. I don't know what that thought is for you, but I believe that you know what that is. You know what the thought is that you think when nobody else is around, when it's just you, you're by yourself, maybe it's late at night and you just kind of get in your head about things and you start getting down on yourself, right? start trashing yourself. And maybe you feel like it's for good reason. And to be honest, maybe by the world standard could be a good reason. You might be an alcoholic. And in, in your head, you might say, well, it makes sense that I would trash myself for this because I am struggling with this. I am an alcoholic. Listen, that's not how God sees you though. That is stinking thinking. We need to replace stinking thinking, not just with good thinking, but with God thinking. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, God thinking. Replace that toxic thought with God's truth. It's a simple two-step process. We want God thinking. What is this? We wanna start speaking life over ourselves, saying, I am good enough. 
I can overcome all things through Christ who strengthens me. I might be an alcoholic now. That might be the label that the world has on me. That might be the label I've given myself. But listen, I can find freedom in Christ because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I have the spirit of God living within me and I'm gonna find freedom from this. You see the difference? That's God thinking right there. I'm not a sinner, I'm a saint. I'm saved by God. I am a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not struggling with my weight. Listen, I love who I am. And listen, when I look at myself in the mirror, if I don't like what I see, I can make some positive changes all day long. I can have a new year's resolution all day long. I can have a new you resolution all day long. But if I don't let the spirit of God go over my life and say, you know what? God sees me as a beautiful child of God. Listen, that's God thinking right there. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God is with me. He is for me. He is on my side. He is renewing my mind and he is transforming my life. How many of you need to replace that stinking thinking with some God thinking? I know I need to. And I know many people in our church family and beyond need to hear this message. And I would hope you would allow this to sink in today. And whatever that stinking thinking you have in your life is that, you'd be able to drop that off at the altar today and allow God to transform your mind and your heart. So speak life over yourself, speak identity, speak purpose over yourself. And then you will start to win the war in your mind. Amen? Why don't you stand with me today? In just a moment, we're gonna take communion and actually, Jeff, would you mind grabbing me one of these? Thank you, my friend. You are the best. I'm gonna read this scripture to you in just a moment. Communion is a very important thing. It's how we remember what Jesus has done for us. And, uh, but I wanna, I wanna finish this thought first and give somebody here the opportunity to lay down those toxic thoughts that you've had in your head for too long and just make the decision, right? We're making the decision right here, right now. We're saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm gonna replace those toxic thoughts, that stinking thinking with some God thinking. I don't know how I'm necessarily gonna do it practically what that looks like, but listen, I can tell you right now, stop trying to do it on your own. Stop working with the pickaxe on your brain trying to make this thing change and let the Holy Spirit become a jackhammer, right? And get to the core of what's really going on. Partner with the Holy Spirit and he's gonna do it with you. So every head bowed, every eye closed, if you wouldn't mind, I wanna give you the opportunity. Somebody in here, you're saying, hey, pastor, this is me to a T today. You're speaking right at me. I'm feeling this message today. I feel like this is from the Lord. I needed this today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just wanna see you. Every hand about it, wow, so many people. Goodness gracious. Wow, I see you. I see you all over, all over. You can put your hands down today. You're just saying, hey, I, 
I'm gonna replace those thoughts with God thinking today. I wanna partner with the Holy Spirit. I just wanna pray with you that as we go into this new year, that God's gonna do it in your life, that this is gonna be the year. Not that you are trying so hard to, to do different things, but that you are going to become a different person. It's not on your own power. It's not by your might. It's not by your strength. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. Let me pray with you real quick. Father God, I thank you for every person that's here today that is struggling in some way or shape or form with maybe mental health, with anxiety, depression, with thoughts that they don't like that are in their heads. I don't know what kind of thoughts that they're dealing with. Thoughts of inadequacy, thoughts of failure, thinking about their past and letting it define them or lustful thoughts or anger, whatever that might be in their heads. God, I don't know, but you know, and they know. And there's so many people even just represented by how many hands went up today, Father, that they just need a touch from you here today. They wanna partner with you, Holy Spirit. They don't wanna try so hard anymore and just feel like they're spinning their wheels. But God, you've given us the tool and, and, and the person of the Holy Spirit to work within us, to transform our lives by renewing our minds. So God, that's what I wanna pray here today is that there would be a transformation of who we are as people, a complete, total 180 transformation of who we are. We would go in a complete different direction. And as we repent of our sins, that you would be faithful to forgive us and cast our sins as far as the East is from the West, and that you would partner with this Holy Spirit and help us to take captive every thought that is not from you, stinking thinking, and replace it with some God thinking. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe that you're doing it right now. Minds are being healed in this place today. If you're out here today, still, if you wouldn't mind every head bowed, I just wanna give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. This is our first service of the new year. Maybe you haven't been to church in a while or maybe you've never been to church and say, you know what, pastor, I just wanna give my life to God today. I wanna get right with him. I understand that I'm a sinner. The Bible says we're all sinners, right? We've all fallen short and yet we want to have this relationship with the perfect God. Well, how do we do that? It's through his son, Jesus, that came down and died for us on the cross. He died for you. He knows you by name. He knows every struggle that you have and yet he's here today and he wants to be a part of your life. And if that's you and you wanna give your life to Jesus today, on the count of three, would you just raise your hand and look up at me real quick and then you can put your hand right back down. One, two, three. Is there anybody here today? Come on, I see you. I see you. Where else? I see you in the back. I see you right here. Come on, yes. I see you guys. Come on. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Amen. Amen, amen. About six people are saying yes to Jesus today. Come on, can we give God praise just real quick? Just take a second. Thank you, Jesus. just as a sign of surrender for all of us in, in, in our walk with God and to support those that are making this decision, I would love for us to pray all together as we welcome these people into the family of God, maybe for the first time or maybe again. Come on, let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, there is power in your name. I believe in you, that you died for me on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I put you first 
in my life. You are my Lord and you're my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Come on, everybody, give a big shout of praise. Say amen. Come on. God is good. Amen. Six people today giving their lives to Jesus. That's incredible. That's incredible. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, let's go ahead and take communion together before we head out for some baptisms. Which, by the way, hey, listen, if you just gave your life to Jesus right now, you want to get baptized? You can do it right after service. And we will all be there to support you, holler and hooting, having a blast uh, out there with you, okay? It's going to be cold water, but we'll be okay. All right. Go ahead and take out the bread if you don't mind. Matthew 26, 26, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. This is representative of the body of Jesus that we just talked about that was given for us on the cross, that was beaten, bruised. And it was given for you and for me by a perfect spotless lamb this, this man who had never done anything wrong in his entire life except love people and yet got beat to a pulp and put on a cross. And I just want you to take about 15 to 20 seconds, if you wouldn't mind, and just thank Jesus for his body and do exactly what he said, take and eat whenever you're ready. 15, 20 seconds, just pray. Verse 27. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit from the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The blood of Jesus is what saves us, right? It was his blood that paid the price for our sin. In the Old Testament, you know, have all these animal sacrifices and yet Jesus says, you know what? I will become the sacrifice. And he put his blood on the cross. He had nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And he poured out his blood for you and for me. And I just want, once again, for us to follow in the footsteps of the apostles, the disciples, and, and take about 15, 20 seconds and just thank God for the blood of Jesus that covers all of our sins. And take the cup whenever you're ready. Jesus, we thank you that your name has power. Your name has authority. 
And as we speak the name of Jesus over ourselves, over our families, over our kids, over our minds, that you're changing us from the inside out. And as our thoughts change and our minds change, our lives will inevitably flow in the direction of the Holy Spirit, of the Father, and of the Son. This is what we want, God, and we seal this word right here, right now, today. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus one more round of applause this morning? God is good. Thank you for joining us today. Listen, like I said, if you want to be baptized, please join us right now. If you're one of the ones getting baptized, go ahead and get out of here right now as fast as you can. Go ahead and get changed. We got shorts, shirts, we have towels, and I'd encourage you, please, please, if you can, stick around. It'll only be about 15 minutes, about 10 to 15 minutes. Hang out, talk to somebody, and then we can celebrate all together just right out back behind the school. Our team will direct you out there. Once again, thanks for being here. God bless. We'll see you next week.